growing green to generate more green. Welcome to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. Each week we plant the conversational seeds about cultivation and the changing climate of cannabis culture. We'll peel back the layers of benefits of the world's most versatile plant, from food to fuel, from remedy to resource. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Grow Show with your host, multi-award winning grow master and respected cannabis consultant, Kyle Cushman. Hello and welcome to every free-thinking, open-minded, just-gotta-get-your-yah-yahs-out humanoids. This is The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com, and I'm your host, Kyle Cushman. Today, I want to talk about how cannabis education is paving the way to legalization. There are a multitude of educational institutions offering cannabis learning opportunities, areas from everything from cultivation, business management, cooking, bud tending, everything you can imagine to do with cannabis use is being taught at places like Cloverleaf University, Cannabis University, and my old alma mater, Oaksterdam University. So my guest today is Dale Sky Jones. She's been focused on the debate for cannabis policy reform throughout the country for nearly a decade. And this has led to her being chairwoman for the Coalition on Cannabis Policy Reform since January of 2011. This stemmed from her experience as spokeswoman and legislative liaison for the Prop 19 campaign in California in 2010. She's also the executive chancellor at Oaksterdam University, which is where we met. Oaksterdam and its university were founded in 2007. Now, Oaksterdam is a part of downtown Oakland, which was renamed to mimic what was then the tolerance for cannabis in Amsterdam. But it's also a horticulture college that educates patients, growers, professionals, and regulators. Believe it or not, over 20,000 students have taken studies throughout the country at OU. And OU alumni are some of the most active throughout the world. Dale is also a board member of the National Cannabis Industry Association, and that's where I saw her just this past weekend in Denver. Dale, thank you for coming to the show today. Kyle, it is wonderful to talk to you again. It is. It's really nice to have you here. And of course, what a perfect subject for us to talk about since where we met was at Oaksterdam University. And I want to talk today about the influence that edu- educating the public has had on legalization. Indeed. And I would say that we have shared a love for education uh, for many years together. And so it's exciting to see where all of that information has taken not just us, but the rest of the nation. It seems to be a big topic on the news. One of the things that I'm really excited about is this presidential campaign. And I'm excited because it may be the one and only presidential campaign where medical marijuana is actually a topic of discussion. It could be the one and only. Well, it it very well could be. Um, And as the parties adopt their policies into the platform, we are starting to see interesting pressures between what was traditionally Republican or Democratic views. Suddenly we have Rand Paul flanking Hillary Clinton to the left. It's really exciting to watch. And there are also, though, some concerns because... Those that are in the know realize that having cannabis on any ballot will affect the turnout. And some savvy Democrats are learning that if they get it on the ballot, they have a better turnout for their own people to vote yes, not just on the issue, but also on the candidate. Well, that's about time. I've been saying for the longest time that if I were running, I certainly would make it a part of my platform. 
uh, and I'm surprised that somebody hasn't before now. Well, so well, and officially, Rand Paul has, and that's rather exciting. Just even for the nature of the conversation, because he will be, without question, at this point on the main stage for the Fox debates for uh, exactly. the RNC. We will be having the conversation, I do believe. At the very least, it will be forced on the Republican side, which then I do believe will probably force Hillary to make a stronger statement. Yeah, can you just imagine the debate between Rand Paul, Chris Christie, and Donald Trump on medical marijuana? Is that just some fun? Anyone that puts the smackdown on Chris Christie for me would be fun because he has done so much to stymie medical cannabis access in New Jersey for the most ridiculous of political reasons. It just, I want to shake him. So, yes, I would very much look forward to that conversation. Uh, I am going to TiVo that, and I might save it for posterity, as a matter of fact. (laughs) All right, listeners, let's all watch the Republican debates. I'm going to get a kick out of it. I never thought we'd be saying that out loud. (laughs) Well, you know, you have to arm yourself with the information of the opposite side so that when you encounter them in public, you know, you have a chance at understanding and debating them on, on their own grounds. That's how I feel. Well, you bring up a very important point, Kyle, and that's just simply that you have to meet people where they are. And this is really what our focus is. With Oaksterdam University, we're trying to educate people, but we have to often meet them where they are and then bring them along down the path of knowledge of information, and then suddenly they're they're set loose. They're on their own. They're forging new paths and new directions that perhaps we had never even thought of because that was their expertise when they came in. They can turn around and make the most motion back in those directions again. But it's really just a matter of talking about it, of having the conversation, of bringing it out loud into the open. Yeah, you know, the Washington Post today reported on a study from the Journal of American Medical Association that cannabis is excellent for chronic pain management. Who'd have, who'd have thought? And researchers have found that in states with access to medical marijuana dispensaries have shown a significant decrease in both prescription painkiller abuse and death from overdose. No surprise well, you to bring us. Up a- Go ahead. Yeah, no surprise to us, but it, well, you bring up an important point about education. You know, for so many years, and you know, I bought into this too. I was a, a child of the dare generation. I went not only through classes, but actually helped with other classes of kids younger than me because I believed the government at the time. Why would the government lie? Of course, they'd have a good reason to make this illegal. And so it's, it's just realizing the source of the information was not from scientists. It was from politicians, and it was right. actually Nixon who determined our entire scientific policy on the, the, if you want to call it a drug or an elegant botanical of cannabis slash marijuana to determine that that was one of the most dangerous substances known to man. Right, And as a result, people would seek out other substances because they feared the unknown. They feared what they had been told their whole lives. The irony that, and, and, and you don't have to take my word for it, Francis Young the administrative law judge for the DEA, uh, after reviewing all the evidence, stated that this was, in his estimation, the safest therapeutic substance known to man. Now, we've been driving people to all of these more dangerous, more addictive, more deadly substances this whole time. And so to offer a safer alternative, whether that alternative be uh, OxyContin or methamphetamines or just simply alcohol or tobacco, our legal cousins, 
it's a step down. It's not the gateway. It's the exit strategy. That's and right. This it's is the, why we're seeing a reduction in the cost. It's the gateway drug in reverse, and I've always said that. It's, um, it's taking a substance that is not only benign, but is also actually therapeutic and putting it on a list with substances that are extremely dangerous, and you're having the opposite effect. Rather than scaring people away from the other substances, you're actually drawing them to it. And when the war on drugs commenced in the 80s under the Reagan administration, they used PSAs, public service announcements, public service announcements, in order to sway public opinion, particularly to the youth. Might public service announcements be effective deprogramming of that reefer madness mentality? Well, I think so. We just have to be extremely cautious and conscientious about how we undertake this. I think we need to really focus on a conscientious consumer and cultivator campaign. Just, you know, be a good neighbor. We don't want to necessarily promote cannabis use or abuse, especially when it comes to children. I think a really good uh, juxtaposition when it comes to education is actually the way that we approach tobacco. We did not crack skulls and throw kids in jail. We did not target youth of color. We did not go after uh, poorer communities of color. We educated with things like PSAs. And smoking tobacco went down from over 60 from almost 60%. We were well over 50% in this country, down to below 20%. And that was pure education. Now, I don't want to compare cannabis to tobacco when it comes to societal cost, but I can compare the effect on the reduction of consumption. And I think that just having that conversation with our kids is equally important to get our integrity back when it comes to all of the other drugs, including prescription drugs and alcohol, because that's where the true danger lies. But when we tell them something about marijuana and scare the crap out of them, and then they try it and nothing bad happens, we lose our integrity with everything else we're trying to warn them about. So the conversation really should be, yes, marijuana is readily available, but that doesn't mean with your forming brain that you should be altering it in any way, shape, or form with any of these drugs unless it's medically necessary. And at that point, it becomes a different conversation. But you know what? You might like it. You know what else? There's a time and a place for it. It's called college instead of binge drinking. Let's have that conversation. <laughs> sure. We're, we're, we're changing perceptions all around, you know, not by just breaking the stereotype of the uh, typical stoner sitting on the couch playing video games and eating pizza all day and having, having no contribution to society, all the way up to, you know, saying that, yeah, it, I would rather have my child experimenting with cannabis in college than experimenting with alcohol. These are very advanced subjects. And, you know, what do you see as the biggest effect that an informed public will have by the advancement of legalization in particular? In other words, legalization through an informed public kind of is what I'm getting at. Well, I think that just finally treating cannabis as a commodity rather than contraband is a tremendous first step. And people talk about the taxes and this and that, but we're also just talking about being self-sufficient, that someone can go get a job in a new production industry that cannot be outsourced, you know, the way so many other jobs have been. Those taxes from the sales tax alone uh, help with transportation, schools, education, things along those lines with the infrastructure of the state. But you're also looking at the income tax and the ancillary taxes, folks that are no longer on 
government assistance because they're now actually in productive single-earner jobs uh, where they, they get health benefits and, and things along those lines. It's a matter of cops putting their time, attention, and resources into dangerous and violent crimes. We can finally start testing rape kits instead of little bags with green stuff in them. This is just about a shift of priorities that we can have safer communities if we just choose to control, tax, and regulate cannabis, not just for medical, but also for adult use. The fact that we are continuing to put adults in prison for their choice in medicine is just insane to me. But to continue to keep it illegal uh, for the sake of research <laughs> is, is just as bass backwards. So what we really need to do is legalize, not just for adults, but also for research, because as you pointed out, when you make something that's relatively benign, illegal, folks are forced to find things that are smaller and stronger. Smaller so you can smuggle it. And stronger because it's really hard to smuggle it. And instead of people smoking pot, they're going to things like bath salts and these false uh, you know, they, 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 they call them, you know, fake cannabis. It's it's not because it's safe like cannabis, it's because it interacts with your endocannabinoid system. But and it it's not because, and it's because the vendors and it's because the vendors can put them on the shelves legally without fear of going to jail. Yeah, you know, I think that I'm gonna rename What's the show. Scaring me more? What's scaring me more is what they're doing with C B D right now in two different directions. Number one, they're creating laws that only allow for C B D. We know scientifically that CBD alone has a very small therapeutic window. You need the other plant cannabinoids. But what's more scary is you have a lot of these hucksters and shysters selling oils, telling people that it is legal in all 50 states, and they're pulling hemp oil from Russia and Romania that has heavy metals, radiation, poison, and they're feeding it to their small children because they don't have a choice legally. And they are charging a very they're, high... They're charging exorbitant amounts to poison your child. These and, are, these and are public companies. So and, and yes, it's very offensive and it's very terrible. It's uh, putting a scar, putting a and they're scar, preying on... Yes, putting a scar on the fact that you know, cannabis as a medicine and just as a substance, its time has come. This is a great discussion. We're going to be right back after a break for our sponsors. We'll be right back with more with Dale Sky Jones. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. 
burning issues only on cannabisradio.com. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hello and welcome back, all you happy hamsters. I'm talking with Dale Sky Jones. She's the chancellor of Oaksterdam University. And I want to ask you specifically, tell us a little bit about what ways that organizations like Oaksterdam University contribute to the education of the general public about cannabis. Well, we first opened in 2007, and most of our students were just qualified patients trying to figure out how to grow and maintain their own medicine and also have successful law enforcement encounters. And at that point, we started doing outreach, outreach to local law enforcement, outreach to local city council members, outreach to mayors, and and eventually outreach to legislators. It was a matter of just saying, hi, we're here There's education available. We can put you in in contact with folks like Americans for Safe Access or patients that can give you more information, growers that can give you more information about how to regulate this thing called cannabis. And so a lot of it was just interaction, personal outreach. And then we started getting invited places that were a bit unexpected. For instance, we have educated with the American Bar Association. Uh, We've educated with Kaiser Hospitals. I've and the local police as well, correct? Yeah, yeah, and and also with multiple colleges uh, where they just have me come in and talk to their students. That's happened at, at least 10 times. I've kind of lost track now. Um, but I would say that the largest impact, aside from the impact on the students, was because of the Prop 19 campaign. We became the campaign heard around the world, and there were tens of thousands of international interviews over that year and a half that I remember the story wide open. I remember the, I think it was the Marijuana Inc. show that I was watching in Northern California that drew me in. I was already uh, friends or acquaintances with Richard Lee, but when I saw him on television on that show and saw how great he just represented what I felt to be my culture and my community, I had to go down and start donating time to to teach these classes, and I believe that's when we actually met. Most likely, yes, and hopefully you didn't donate time for long because we try to pay our instructors. (laughs) (laughs) No, it wasn't wasn't very long. You you absolutely did. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was early on, and um, I had such a great time there, kind of cutting my teeth as a formal educator, and it was a lot of fun starting. Well, and at one point, we went to Michigan. We did. We and went that was, and yes, that was fantastic. And that's it where was I an met important my, point. It, it was. That's it was where you met your my fiance. Yes, and I don't know to say her name on the air, so I don't. <laughs> Susie, Susie, my wonderful Susie. Yes, and the wonderful uh, Susie. Yes, 
Yeah, the beauty of Oaksterdam is you often don't just find information or knowledge or business partners. You actually find love and family and your future in the most unexpected ways. And much like yourself, I found my husband and started a family within Oaksterdam. And several others have as well. There's a, a bunch of Oaksterdam babies running around now. So <laughs> it's in the that water. Be careful. so cool. I, I have often said that many if not all of the most important relationships that I have and have built in my life have come through through cannabis whether it was just friendly relationship or a professional relationship uh, cannabis has really really solidified my purpose in life hence what we're sitting here talking about and you know for me, it's such, uh, and, and you and all of our compatriots, it, it's a very normal thing that on any given day, you might find some wine on the dinner table, beer at the barbecue or whatever. Someday cannabis is hopefully going to become just as much part a staple as alcohol, caffeine, or sugar. Is I think it already has. It's just, uh, it's still uh, marginalized a little bit. In the meantime, before we get there, uh, what's your advice for the average person to help to begin normalize the public's perception of marijuana amongst their own friends and family? Come out. Come out and talk about it. Admit that you are a cannabis consumer, whether it be for illness or for wellness. It can be because you hurt or because you just simply prefer smoking a bud over drinking a bud. It's just about coming out and putting the normal face on this, that this is not about those scary drug dealers. This is about your mother, your brother, your cousin, your son, your friend. This is our gay marriage moment, and we have to seize it. And if you know your mama loves you, you've got to come out to her, not just so that you're normalizing it for her and her friends, but because you might help her. She could use it for her arthritis. Yeah, we hear these stories every day, the good and the bad, the horror stories about police raids into private family homes for possession of small amounts. You know, many parents feel forced to conceal their cannabis use even when it's considered legal under their state and local statutes. What would an appropriate response to criticism regarding parental capacity or even threats of legal action of those of us who use marijuana be? You bring up a very serious and rather frightening point for any parent, and that is that they could potentially lose their children for their choice in medicine or, you know, frankly, even their just choice of recreation. Alcohol can kill you. Prescription drugs can kill you. Cannabis cannot kill you. So with respect to even the, the horror story visits to the ER that we keep hearing about that are on the rise, with the rise in visits to emergency rooms, we have to remind people that the people that are walking into the emergency room are walking back out again because cannabis didn't kill them. Even with the reports that have come out about brain changes, this is not brain damage. And so if parents can make a safer choice by keeping something non-lethal in the house, whether it be for their medical use or their recreational use, it's actually better for the kids. That said, you still have to keep it locked up, locked away, and have clear conversations with your children that there are certain times and places for the consumption of mind-altering substances, just like you would with alcohol or any other drug. Yes. We are certainly moving forward on all of these societal issues, whether it's gay marriage 
or taking the flag down, the rebel flag down. This is a really interesting time. While it's a very violent and scary time in our history, with uh, wars certainly hasn't abated in any way, it seems like America may be moving forward in a progressive way that's really, really exciting. And education definitely helps shape society's view on controversial issues. And in this digital age where there are just so many outlets and so many varying points of view on all of these things, education is more important than ever. So to be in a position for both of us where people listen and, you know, and then go out and start discussions on their own, I feel it's, it's very important to have these discussions on all different levels. Well, I believe it starts with education. And once folks realize that what got us here was not nearly as good of a reason as what they think it was, they're usually a little bit more open to realizing. And I think one of the most important things that I can tell people is there's new information. And this allows them to both save face on their previous assumptions and also give them that wiggle room to change their mind and realize that this is a compassion issue. And to an earlier point that you made with going on Fox News or talking to Republicans and meeting them where they are, it may very well be Republicans that change this issue because it's been the Dems that have been all about crime and punishment. And so it's really just expect the unexpected. Talk to whoever you don't think you should talk to about it, and you will be pleasantly surprised with the outcome. I wait to get attacked, and I just don't ever get attacked. The worst that ever happens is, wow, you're working on that? Huh, I disagree with it, but I'm glad somebody else is on it. It's just not as scary as you might think it is to come out and have the conversation. And you don't have to say, I'm a user or I'm a consumer. You can just simply say, so what do you think about controlling, taxing, regulating cannabis? Yes. We're all, we're all in this together because all of us are leaning towards tolerance and putting our tax dollars and policing where it, it is needed much, uh, much more greatly. Well, now we have to take a quick break for our sponsors, and we're going to come right back with Great Grows. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. 
learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob, only on CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're about out of time, and I want to thank everybody for being here, especially Dale. Dale, will you please tell the listeners uh, what what you're currently working on right now and where they can find you or uh, reach you? Certainly. 2016 California is really what's next on the plate because whatever happens in California will affect the rest of the nation. So we've triggered Reform California. It's reformca.com, and that's how you can get informed and get involved. But as always, the day job and my home base since 2007, Oakland, California, oaksterdamuniversity.com. We've started new programs, and we're stepping out throughout the rest of the country. So oaksterdam.com will tell you where we are next. All right. I love it. Uh, we are out of time. I would like to thank our guests and producers for making this show possible. Make sure to check out my website, kylecushman.com, where you can find out where to follow me on social media and upcoming events will I, where I will be appearing. You can find new episodes of The Grow Show each Wednesday by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and on iHeartRadio. Thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Kyle Cushman, and as always, please stay lifted. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.